Frequency Cast. Startup in progress. Hi, and welcome to Frequency Cast, the UK's digital TV and technology show. At Frequency Cast, it's our mission to keep you up to date with today's tech, answer your questions, and keep you entertained along the way. Our shows are driven by your feedback. You decide what we talk about, and we'll do the rest. Here's what we'll be looking at today in show 92. The obligatory iPhone and iOS coverage. Supporting the UK in the Aussie Solar Challenge. Discounted tickets to Gadget Show Live London. We review the Hitchhikers Live radio show. Plus, Dave Gorman says that life is good-ish. First off, here's Pete with the latest TV and tech news. Frequency cast, now loading, news. First up, it's the end of the line for Top Up TV. The subscription service for Freeview boxes that launched back in 2004 will cease on the 31st of October. This doesn't come as much of a surprise given the small amount of programming that the service currently offers. And with the loss of Sky Sports and ESPN a few months ago, the future was in some doubt. Top-up TV boxes will still be able to receive Freeview channels, but it's expected that the on-screen programme guide may stop working. If the closure of the service affects you, see our show notes for the alternatives. To fill in a possible gap, we're hearing about a service called View TV, which will offer subscription channels such as History, CNN, Cartoon Network and Comedy Central on Freeview. These will be delivered over the internet to Freeview HD boxes when the service launches in the autumn. Next, some worrying news about Yahoo Email. In June, Yahoo announced it will start recycling Yahoo IDs for accounts that have been inactive for a year. According to reports in the press, owners of recycled IDs are now receiving emails intended for the original recipient, some including very personal information. If you have an old Yahoo ID, it's worth checking it's not someone else's now. Some good news for YouTube users, as from next month it will be possible to watch YouTube content on mobile devices offline. Clips can be downloaded for a limited time without an internet connection, meaning you can load up some video for your morning commute. Next, if you're considering saving money and switching from Sky to BT, October's a good time to do it, as BT is offering free phone calls for a year, as well as unlimited broadband, a £25 Sainsbury's gift voucher and free subscription to BT Sport. The link for this online offer is hard to find, so see our show notes. This is valid till the end of October only. Next, Slingbox has brought out a new media box. The Slingbox 350 offers HD streaming of your home TV, PVR and DVD, so you can watch your content anywhere in the world and control your kit remotely. We're not sure about the rather odd case design though. See the pic on our show notes. Staying with streaming, look for the Roku 3, 2 and 1 tiny media streamers out this month. The cheapest is under £60, giving Apple TV a run for its money. It offers 1080p, 450 channels, Netflix, Now TV, Sky Sports and UK catch-up services. See our show notes for more. And finally, NASA is planning to send a 3D printer up to the International Space Station next year. If a vital part is needed, it will soon be possible for Mission Control to email them spare parts and tools that can be printed on the ISS. At last, the Star Trek replicator is here. I wonder how long before I can start downloading Christmas presents direct from Amazon. 
Thanks, Pete. For more TV and tech news, go to frequencycast.co.uk forward slash news or follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Frequencycast, show 92, focus time. Hello, Kelly. Hello, Pete. Well, here we are, and unfortunately, we are obliged to discuss Apple. We are. It has been the launch. It's been several launches. Yes, the iPhone 5C and the 5S. Have you gone out and bought one? Of course not. You know I'm an Android girl. I must admit, I'm an iPhone person myself, but these phones are not really doing it for me. Yeah, I've not heard good things either, if I'm honest. We do have to say well done to Noah Green, though, don't we? He was the first person in the UK to get one. He only queued for just over four days to get himself a gold iPhone 5S. Four days? Does the man not have a job? What I liked was some of the entrepreneurship, though. People that were camping out were wearing sponsored T-shirts and things, so they were being paid to queue, which I thought was quite clever. That's absolutely mad, but I guess we always see this every time Apple launches a new product. Yeah, now we've been going since April 2006. Did you realise that? I didn't. And uh, in that time, uh, we've seen several iPhone launches. The first iPhone launched in 2007. But these launches are getting a bit tiresome now. It's the same old pictures of queues and the same old fanboys queuing up for their products and the same old stock shortages and everything else. Although the 5C, the cheap one, seems to be in stock everywhere. So that's not selling that well. And I've seen a lot of the pictures of the launch this time. There hasn't been as many people as anticipated. So maybe people aren't actually as Apple mad as we thought. Mm, Very true. And the 5S isn't really offering that much that's terribly exciting. It's the same size screen. Okay, it's got a better camera and a faster processor and this silly fingerprint recognition thing. No, I actually know somebody who called up to order an iPhone, switching from Android, um, and even asked the sales assistant what the difference was and got the response back, "Uh, it's just a little bit quicker. Stunning. What I thought was quite interesting was the announcement last month when they did the whole big announcement in the US. They didn't actually mention that the new iPhones take phone calls. At no point. It's a phone. And they didn't mention that at all. We put out a little tweet the day it launched um, to see if anyone's interested. Uh, here's the uh, the first four tweets that came our way. Yeah, Matt Waite sent a tweet saying no thanks. Matt Finley said Android all the way. Oh, I'm definitely with you there, Matt. Brinsley said, are you going to get one? Uh, no. <laughs> and Chris Benitez said, won't get an iPhone till my S3 needs to be replaced. And of course, we've had iOS 7, the new operating system, which took me about two and a half hours to download. Oh, it was funny. So many people were offline. People were saying, I'll be offline for the next three hours upgrading my phone. So uh, on, I think it was Thursday, no one with an iPhone was online. It was hilarious. Oh, dear. And was it worth it? Not really. I'm not enjoying it. I'm not loving this iPhone at all. They've mucked about with the interface. Uh, What was it you, uh, how did you define it when you had a look? Well, it looks a little bit like a Fisher-Price toy. I must admit, there's a couple of nice features. There's this new photo thing where you can look at where your photos were taken. If I just go into photos here, you can see I can look at a whole year's worth of photos. Oh, wow. That is, that's quite interesting, actually. But what you can do is double click and you can zoom in and see where photos were taken. Now, where were we in April? We were in Birmingham. According to this, we were also in Spain and Germany. What? On the same day, you and I were in Birmingham, Spain and Germany. Well, that's quite impressive. How? Let me just show you on this map. Okay, so there is just south of Birmingham. There are all the pictures that we took at Gadget Show Live. 
Okay, yeah, I can see that. If I scroll out, you'll see we also have photos that were taken in Spain and in Germany. And what's gone on is because some of the advertisers at Gadget Show Live do all the European trade shows, the wireless hotspot that we were in was tagged as being in Germany and Spain and not in, uh, in the UK. Oh, no, that's not good. Mind you, though, could have quite done with a nice little trip to Spain or Germany. That would have been nice, wouldn't it? Beats Birmingham. I know. Come on, Gadget Show. Gadget Show Germany, we're waiting for you. There have been a few other weird little things. The thing I've noticed since upgrading my phone is the battery life is dreadful. And it's all because of Parallax. Parallax? Parallax. I didn't know what it was either. Right. I just handed you my iPhone and there's a background bit of wallpaper that has sort of a starry night on it. Yeah? It does. Notice anything odd? No. Tilt the phone, keep your head still and tilt the phone and focus on, see the um, the YouTube app there? See that little star, top left? Keep your eye on that and tilt the phone. Oh, okay, so it moves. So there's a 3D effect, which is this parallax thing where the background looks like there's some depth to it and you can turn the phone and the icons hide the background. Oh, that's, I guess, interesting, but not needed completely not needed and what it's doing is it's using the gyroscope and the accelerometer in your phone all the time to work out your change of position so it kills the battery fantastic this one is a little swine to turn off as well you have to go into general accessibility and it says reduce motion and you have to set it to on and turn something on daft the other one is general background app refresh and if you look at mine all of those apps on the screen there are running in the background, eating my battery. And I don't really want Google running in the background, or Evernote, or Bump. So you have to turn those all off individually? If you want your battery to last more than a few hours, anyway. God dear, that seems like a lot of effort. Insane. Apple, we're not impressed, are we? No, not impressed, sorry. Having said that, I'm still not going to get an Android. Oh, you should. We should switch at some point, you know. OK, moving on. You're a Twitter user, aren't you? I am. Okay, how many followers have you got? You've got loads, haven't you? Oh, no, I wish. <laughs> no, not really. I'm, I'm definitely well under the 500 mark. Well, you need to be following Rick Stevens. Why? You weren't watching one of my favourite TV channels a couple of weeks ago, were you? I don't think so. Dave Gorman, awesome bloke, hilarious. You need to be watching his Modern Life is Good-ish series on Dave. Tuesday night, 10 o'clock, you and everyone else listening should watch it. It's all about marketing and how ads and the online world is messing with us. And it is absolutely hilarious. Okay, what has he picked up? When I'm watching the telly, I don't normally laugh out loud, but this got me crying with laughter. It was the funniest thing I've ever seen. What he's done is he's taken pictures of ads in underground stations for mobile phones and started focusing on the detail of what the screens say. And he found a Samsung phone that had a tweet, sort of a fake tweet on the screen from this guy called Rick Stevens saying, playing in the band tonight or something along those lines. He went home, he went online and he looked and there was no such person. So it's a fake account. Fair enough? Fair enough. So what he did was he created an account... Okay. <laughs> for Rick Stevens and created a false identity for this guy. And this guy's now got thousands of followers off the back of this. Fantastic. And read some of his tweets. The first one is actually the one that went up on the posters. Just read that one for me. Been so busy with my work and the band, finally got everything back in order. So that was the first real tweet, okay. followed by the second one that Mr Gorman put up there. 
Really hating my Samsung phone. It's just awful. The worst on the market. And he's put a few other ones here. I'd reply to more people, but my phone keeps messing things up. So uh, he's uh, slightly messed with Samsung's marketing campaign by uh, stealing the identity of a fake Twitter user. How cool. Fantastic. So you need to be watching Mr. Gorman. He's very, very funny, and he's got some interesting takes on uh, all the tech and all the uh, marketing that we take for granted. I like it. I will have to tune in at some point. And uh, please follow Rick Stevens. I will. While our listeners are frantically looking up Mr. Stevens, let us talk about something that's coming up in a uh, in a few days' time from now. Between the 6th and the 13th of October, something very exciting is happening. What's happening? Well, it's the Solar Challenge in Australia. Yes, indeed. Now, the team from Cambridge University are entering a solar-powered car into this amazing race that's taking place in Australia. And we are throwing our weight behind this one. We want these guys and girls to win. And we caught up with the team from Cambridge University, who told us a little bit more about what they're doing. Here is Andrew, who's a fourth-year engineering student at Cambridge University. This is the second solar-powered car that we've ever built. The first one was called Affinity, and it was the first ever road-legal solar car in the UK. Um, we did a proof of concept with that. We drove it from Land's End to John O'Groats to, to show to the, to the UK that it, it's possible to do this, even in the, on UK roads with UK weather conditions. And the second car we built, we compete in the World Solar Challenge, which is a 3,000 kilometre solar marathon from Darwin in uh, the north of Australia to Adelaide in the south of Australia. I'm familiar with solar panels either on my little pocket calculator at home or, of course, on roofs now to, uh, to, to save on electricity consumption at home. These don't look like the standard solar panels that I'd be used to uh, on a roof of a house. What am I looking at? So the ones you see here are the silicon cells. So these are similar to the solar cells you get on the house, but they're encapsulated in a different way in order to be able to fit the curve profile of the car. These are, have an efficiency of about 25%. Uh, whereas on our new car, for example, they're gallium arsenide cells. They're the kind of cells you only get on satellites at the moment. They're incredibly efficient. They're 35.5% efficient. The cells on the surface of the car, they're actually inside the back of the car under a canopy. And the effect of this is to decouple even further the aero and the solar so we can actually track the sun. As the sun moves across the sky during the day, we get an extra 20% power. During the last race, there were bushfires, which caused uh, a lot of cars to stop uh, competing uh, in the competition. Uh, uh, the lead cars worked out that in order to complete the competition, they had to accelerate and just go through the bushfires before they closed the roads. And a lot of other teams uh, didn't manage to do this. Uh, so they were stuck in the cloud. They couldn't even charge their cells, um, which caused a lot of problems uh, for the rest of the race. The car we're looking at here, this isn't actually the one that's going to be in the upcoming challenge, is it? That's currently in a garage up at Cambridge. Um, we're currently building it at the moment. Well, we wish you all the best of luck and uh, we'll be watching. Is it televised, the, uh, the challenge? It's not televised in this country, but we're, we'll be doing updates on our website. And can you just tell us for the web address where we can find out more about this? It's uh, www.cuer.co.uk. Okay, I'm talking to Anna, also presumably from Cambridge? Yes, from Cambridge, graduated last year. Now, you're going to have the joy of driving this new amazing solar vehicle, is that right? Absolutely, yes. Okay, we've just taken a picture of you, which will be up on the website. How do you feel about driving something like this? It's pretty exciting. I've got no idea what it's going to feel like because I've only ever been in the old car. Yeah, looking forward to it, looking forward to it starting. Looking forward to a nice holiday in Australia as well? Absolutely, yeah. Lots of camping, lots of friends and uh, just a fun. And hopefully lots of sun, that's the plan, yeah? Yeah, that's absolutely the plan, hoping for the sun, yes. The battery's not going to get us too far. 
Excellent. Well, good luck from all of us at Frequency Cast, and we'll be following your progress. Fantastic. Thank you very much. Good luck, guys. I hope it goes very well. And there's a picture of Anna up on our website. So give them your support in Australia from the 6th to the 13th of October. Woohoo! That's October, and in November, Kelly, we're out and about. Where are we? We're going back to Gadget Show Live London. The 1st, 2nd and 3rd of November. There are still tickets, but they are selling out fast. Gadget Show Live London, definitely worth a trip, and we will be there. And of course, we were at Gadget Show in Birmingham earlier this year, and you loved some of those gadgets and spy accessories and things, didn't you? No, I didn't. Well, I did. They're interesting, but it worries me. It just really worries me that those things are out there. There is a table full of every possible James Bond spy gadget you can want. And what do you think of these lovely looking watches? Well, they don't look too bad. They look like your standard watch. Would you be amazed to realise that these are all recorders with cameras and audio recorders? Mm, I would, and again, it scares me quite a lot. So uh, what have we got here then, Kelly? So we've got a smoke alarm, there's a lighter, car keys, there's clock alarms... Would you be surprised to know that all of these contain either a hidden voice recorder or a hidden camera? I would be very, very surprised. But judging by where we are, not so surprised. So the beauty of this is you can plant all sorts of bugs in your house to keep tracks on people. Over here is where it starts getting really, really scary, though, because we've got these little trackers. They take a a GSM SIM card, and then from home, you can ring the SIM in that and switch on the microphone. See, this concerns me because I know what you're like with me anyway. You've given me an idea now. No, I really shouldn't have, but you're telling me that this wouldn't happen. People are really going to abuse this. We're talking to Alex. Hello there, Alex. Hi there. Hi. Hi, everyone. Amazing range of products here, mostly for covert surveillance. Is it as dodgy as it sounds? Convince us it's not. Well, to be quite honest, it's like a knife. You can bite and chop onions or you can go and stab people with it. You know, it's entirely up to you. We've got uh, clocks with a hidden camera. They use it for monitoring their kids, babysitters, you know, elderly people with with, uh, disabilities, you know. People are worried. Everybody's worried, you know, with the carers. Are they going to do their jobs right? You use devices like this and, and that's how you find out if they're really good or not. I'm assuming you've got a website where all of this stuff's on display? Yes, we have got a website called www.mi6.co. Co. Not co.uk, just co. I'm assuming co.uk gets you a different mi6, does it? Oh, well, yeah, we don't want to go through that now. So there you go, Gadget Show Live, 1st, 2nd and 3rd of November, the place to find all the tech, this time in London, and we'll be there. Look forward to seeing you there. And if you're thinking of coming along to Gadget Show Live in London, we can offer you 15% off the ticket price. Just enter the code LOCAL5 at the checkout. You can find the code and links up on our show notes. Right, now, Kelly, last show... You know what I'm going to say, don't you? Oh, I know. You wussed out, didn't you? Admit it. Oh, it wasn't so much of a <laughs> No, I had... Unfortunately, I had other commitments. Well, I went without you. I know. I'm, I'm proud of you going alone. I didn't go alone, I'll have you know. <laughs> I've got a queue of people that wanted to go with me, thank you very much. And the feedback we got here was from Mark. 
He says, the problem with presenting the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy on stage is what the actual story is. The original radio plays, books, LP, TV and film versions differ considerably. This show seemed unsurprisingly to take the radio version as the master, but because of the length of the theatre show, was a bit of a Hitchhiker's Greatest Bit show. And a great show it was. Well, here we are, about to go into the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy live radio show, and I'm here with Kelly? No, no, I'm sorry to say, Pete, it's me, it's Alice. Yes, no Kelly tonight, so you're my hot date for this evening here at the Hitchhiker's Guide radio show. And I just can't wait, it's going to be fabulous. Big Hitchhiker's fan? Yes, yeah, I listened to all of the audio tapes when I was younger, and I think I've still got them hidden away somewhere, so I can't wait to see it again. I'm very impressed. You've turned up in a towel tonight. Not... In a towel, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yes, I've got my don't panic towel and I'm going to dip it in a pan-galactic gargle blaster in the interval and uh, we, can, uh, we can enjoy that later on the show. Excellent. Well, I'll be sticking a picture of you in your stunning towel up on the website. Well, Alice, it's just finished. What did you think? I thought it was absolutely fabulous. I absolutely loved it. I think for me, actually, it's, it's just how spectacular it all is. Because I've seen other radio plays of other productions and they've all been very simple and it's wonderful actors in costumes reading things. But this was, was just an extravaganza of special effects and things going on and so many actors running around on stage. And Marvin was absolutely fantastic. And the special effects that made his face light up whenever he spoke, I just thought that was so clever. Was I well behaved in the audience? You were very, very good, even after a few pan-galactic gargle blasters. The original cast members were there, Simon Jones, Geoffrey McGiven and Susan Sheridan. Unfortunately, though, Mark Wing-Davy, who plays Zaphod Beeblebrox, wasn't available. In his place this year, though, was comedian, musician and sci-fi lover Mitch Benn, and I caught up with him for an exclusive interview to find out what it's like playing the best bang since the big one. Well, the Zephyr people rocks at the moment, certainly. I can do the Zephyr voice if you like, but I mean, it's a... Oh, go on, give us a free owl. Free owl! Yeah! <laughs> this is great fun. Been a Hitchhiker's fan since I was like nine, and uh, a particular fan of Zephyr, even though I kind of got the impression I wasn't supposed to be. And, and, they're, this, and they're a great bunch of people. Right? I mean, you know, again, I mean, I'm working with, you know, some actual childhood heroes here. Um, Simon Jones, Jeffrey McGiven. Well, absolutely, yes. Yeah, Simon and Jeffrey and Susan are kind of... They're, they're kind of the core of, of, of the company, because they're the original radio guys. And, and of course, it was supposed to be Simon, uh, Jeffrey, Susan and Mark but um, Mark Wing-Davy as in proper Zayfrod is um, now professor of drama at New York University certainly the response from the fan base to the announcement that it was me was very positive and that was hugely encouraging but I think I'm, I'm kind of regarded as legit in hitchhiker terms um, because I'm a Radio 4 guy, I'm a comedy guy I'm a sci-fi guy uh, I've got my own science fiction novel out now Terror, which people keep mentioning Douglas in the reviews of which is ludicrously flattering but so you know I think I think the connection is there so I think I'm regarded as as proper Thanks very much to Mitch Ben for chatting to us and there's a longer version of that interview up on our website www.frequencycast.co.uk and to find out when the Hitchhiker's Guide radio show is in your town go to www.hitchhikerslive.com Interaction. Time for your feedback now, and lots of messages this time, haven't we? We have indeed. And the first one is from Gareth McDonough, 2W0GJM. Gareth says, I think you should further highlight the problem with built-in obsolescence and printer ink tanks. I had a refilled one from Tesco, and after a few months with little use one evening, the printer all of a sudden displayed used or counterfeit. This is a big problem whereby ink tanks have an additional smart chip to 
to prevent refilling and to create an electronic expiry so low users need to replace cartridges. It's a very serious point and uh, thank you very much Gareth for raising that. I think we might be returning to that one in the next show so watch, uh, watch this space. The next one is from Nigel Giddings. I have been playing with a Raspberry Pi. As well as running the XBMC media player, I have also been playing with Next PVR. This provides all the functions of a standard PVR, but with the advantage of being able to operate and watch on any XBMC client. Yeah, so that is a rather nifty way of using a Raspberry Pi to watch TV programmes on a Pi, a PC, on other computers, laptops, tablets, all sorts of other things. The question this now raises, though, is how long he can legally keep a recording and who can watch it. Yeah, now Nigel raises an interesting question there. He's recording all these shows off the TV and storing them on these media devices and sharing them. How legal is it? Now, it's an interesting question. Do you know the answer? Well, I would assume you can't share. It's only for personal use. Spot on. As far as we can tell, and this is this is a story that's gone back many years from cassettes and videotapes and everything else, it seems that copying and recording anything without permission is illegal. However, if it's for personal use and you don't share it, it seems the authorities aren't actually going to bother pursuing you for that kind of thing. Okay, and now um, a question from Andreas Evans. I have been an avid Foxtrot Charlie podcast listener for several years. Foxtrot Charlie? Yeah, frequency cast. Of course, yep. I was recently made aware of a potential drawback to downloading from iTunes. Yes, and Andreas goes on to say that he had all of his movies on his iTunes account, accidentally deleted some of them, but thought not to worry, they're stored on the iTunes cloud, I can restore them. And he had a little bit of a problem. I later found that one film, The Infidel, was no longer listed on the UK store and couldn't be retrieved. He found that this was quite odd and posted a question to the Apple Support Forum, a reply to which confirmed that the user needs to back up their library as movies can be removed, even for customers who have paid for them. Yes, and it's worth remembering that when you buy something from the iTunes store, technically you're only renting it. So uh, do keep backups and uh, cheers for that, Andreas. And now another question from Arthur Vasey. Ever heard of a Cocktail Audio X10? Not many shops have them here in the UK. Yeah, these are interesting little devices. Let me just show you a picture of one on my tablet here. I see. And uh, it's basically a, uh, a black box that you slide your CDs into. And what it does is rips off the contents of your CDs onto a hard drive so you can store them there and share them around the house. However, the price, look on the uh, Amazon site there. Mm, £370. Yeah, and of course you're almost better off just using a cheap PC or a laptop, putting your files on there as MP3 and streaming them that way be a cheaper way of doing it. But nonetheless, uh, 500 gig, 370 quid for the Cocktail Audio X10. Not convinced. No, me either. Uh, we heard from Alan Hall, who had a quick piece of good news for us. Oh, he did. He said, Frequency Cast is now also broadcast on Southern Sound Hospital Radio in Glasgow. So hello to all the listeners of Southern Sound up there in Glasgow. Hello. And uh, talking of radio stations, here's a podline call. Hello, Pete. Hello, Kelly. I'm name's uh, Stuart Rogers. I'm running from air in Scotland. Uh, I'm also a presenter of the Drive Time show on a community radio station here, which you might like to tell your listeners about, called Urban Beat FM on 107.2 and also online as well with all the W's, urbanbeatfm.com. Uh, also got a box which I got from the RNIB, which is the Royal National Institute for the Blind, 
and uh, they have actually put frequency cast on there as well for the blind listeners to listen to. Hopefully you'll have uh, more visually impaired people uh, listening to frequency cast as well as myself. Thanks very much, Stuart. And on a similar related theme, here is a call from one of our regular listeners, Matt. I have a challenge for you. I was wondering if one of you would use voiceover for maybe a couple of days on an iOS device. The reason I say this is it's coming to my attention that there's a lot of apps that are coming out that aren't very accessible. It's quite interesting to see what ones are and what ones aren't. Well, Kelly, do you fancy that as a challenge? I could do that. I had a little bit of a play with this. I've never really played with the accessibility section of, uh, of, of a mobile phone at all. And I found this feature called VoiceOver, which is under accessibility. Let me just turn this on. Okay, so this is my home screen here. And basically, by just putting my finger anywhere on the screen with my eyes closed, it will tell me what app I've selected. Messages. Five and red messages. Double tap to open. So the idea is, in theory, you can navigate around a smartphone with your eyes closed. Now, Kelly, a little challenge for you. We won't do it this show because we're tight on time. Next show, do you happen to have a blindfold by any chance? I do actually have my sleep mask. Actually, I've seen you in your sleep mask. It's one of those pink fluffy things, isn't it? <laughs> it is, and it has eyes on and everything, yeah. Can I stick that on the Facebook site? If you really want, you can put it on the website. Right, note to webmaster, yeah. picture of Kelly blindfolded up on the website. So uh, can we blindfold you for the next show and uh, see how you get on with an app? Okay, we'll do that. An interesting little test. It's probably not as easy as you think. I'm up for that. I'm quite certain I'm going to be horrific. I struggle enough with touchscreen as it is. Oh, just before we go, Kelly, I put out a little thing up on our Facebook page uh, asking if anyone had any questions or comments before today's session. And we've had two. Who have we had in? We've had one from Darren Murphy asking when Chromecast is coming our way. Okay, so this is the little uh, device that plugs into your telly. It was meant to launch in the UK in the middle of September, but it hasn't. Our money is within the next month or so, and certainly before Christmas. And the last one is from Jonathan Wattam, who asked when I will be on the Gadget Show. Oh, Pete, I'd never leave you. You know, you could be the next Rachel Riley and Susie Perry. I'm a frequency cast girl now. I can't just switch over to Gadget Show. So uh, if uh, Rachel Riley stays on Gadget Show, does that mean you want to go on Countdown? Oh, <laughs> only the 8 out of 10 cats version. <laughs> Okay, thank you very much to everyone that sent in their comments for today's show. Keep them coming in. We do love to hear from you. Uh, and if you want to ask us a question or comment on what you've heard today, here's how to get in touch. You can call us and leave us a voicemail. The number is 0208 133 4567. Or you can send us a text. The number is 07882 043 or of course you can send us an email via the contact us button on our site and on the next show Kelly you'll be bringing your blindfold I'll be bringing the blindfold and your handcuffs ah nice try frequency cast shut down in progress thanks for listening to today's frequency cast for news updates and to get in touch with us go to frequencycast.co.uk while you're there click the add us to iTunes button you can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Just search for Frequency Cast. Our shows are driven by your feedback, so please get in touch and tell your friends. Frequency Cast.